She bemoaned the fact of the congregational ecclesiology or management of the church, saying that they almost had their most recent split over the type of curtains that should be picked. (laughs) This is why I call it Demo Crazy. From the Mecca Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah, this is Heart of the Matter Long, where we're learning together how to walk as Christians in the age of fulfillment. I'm your host, Sean McCraney. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we seek you and need you, uh, love you. I pray that your uh, spirit will be with us, help uh, Seth and Mags, Wendy, and and uh, and anyone else involved in the, the manufacturing of this uh, presentation that uh, will go without glitches that our audience at home can consume what's here and that they will be uh, uh, benefited some way by the content. We pray that your spirit will guide in all things and not the wisdom of man, which I sometimes can put out there. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, I tried to wear glasses because I have uh, some glare uh, headache stuff going on and these lights up here don't help, but I looked online and saw myself in those dang things and I thought, You look like Jim Jones, dude, and I can't wear them anymore. It's not vanity. I just, it just looks too, just looks too out there. I mean, I lose enough credibility with the hair and beard and stuff. I put those on. It just takes me into a new world of cult leader. So no more glasses. I'll just deal with the lights as they are. We've spent a month or two and I've been talking about borrowing from perspectives from Christian liberalism, classic Christian liberalism. Christian anarchy, and last week, totalitarianism, and I've used some of the principles that these things are built upon to examine modern Christianity. Before we move on to other vistas next week, I need to approach this one more facet of governing people that people love to talk about today, and that's the word democracy. But of course, I want to apply the word democracy to um, the way we look at church, the way we govern church. And let me jump right to the point. I don't believe that church should be governed uh, uh, democratically. I don't believe in uh, democracy in the church or the church that we have now. There's a reason. I'll give you. I'll tell you why in a minute. But before we talk about what I call demo crazy, as as Wendy put it, demo crazy in the church, which in my estimation is as as insidious as totalitarianism in a church. Let's talk about democracy in general, meaning as a form of government. And the word democracy is derived from a set of Greek terms, demos, uh, which means people, demos, and kratos, which means uh, rule. So, and long story short, democracy means the people rule. And uh, it was popularized, uh, first came up in ancient Greek literature in the 5th century, uh, BC, uh, BC, and it stood in opposition to aristocracy, uh, which is a rule by an elevated person or group, usually a group in an uh, aristocracy. And um, it was also very different from an oligarchy, which is a limited number of leaders, small number, or an absolute monarchy, which is a king, right? Or a queen. Here in the United States, Pifen. Pifen? Pifen. I swear, man. First the eyes, then the mouth. 
people often cite democracy as our form of government. We're a democratic nation, right? But from what I understand from people who know better than me, uh, we're a republic. We're not a democracy. What's the difference? From what I see, from what I've been told, a republic uh, is a country where the supreme power is held by the people and their elected representatives. It's an and in a republic. True democracy, if I understand it right, is a system of government where the whole population uh, is in charge of governing the country, um, often through, typically through, elected representatives. So I know it's, kind, it's very kind of a weird way, but that's how it was explained to me. And so I'm just going to give it to you. I'm not going to take a stand on what we are or ought to be as a country. That is up to minds far more astute than mine. I don't have the knowledge to even speak about it. So this is not a pro or anti-democracy speech. Um, but I do want to take the topic of governance of religion. Did he just walk through the camera? Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> and suggest that religious democracy or religious democracy is as ludicrous as uh, zealotry or imperialism or uh, monarchism or uh, Christian totalitarianism in the faith. And I'm going to use the writings of Socrates, who was given a voice by Plato, if you knew that, to explain the view. So interestingly enough, democracy came from the Greeks, and they are like the ones who sort of established what it's all about, uh, especially with the Athenians. Uh, but Socrates himself was not a fan of what democracy was espousing. And it really wasn't pure democracy that they were uh, under anyway. But always insightful, very acerbic, uh, Socrates uh, pushed against the idea that masses should be invited or involved in governing. Instead, instead uh, he promoted that governance ought to be left in the hands of the people who have prepared themselves and have been trained for the job, not only of leadership, but of voting. Okay? Socrates uses the example of a ship going out to sea. And what he says is, uh, listen, when you hire somebody to take a big ship full of people and goods across the a, a stormy ocean, you just don't pick from the masses anybody you want to do the job. You get somebody who's trained on how to navigate such a ship, how to read a map, how to keep things in order on the ship as you're crossing that turbulent ocean. And few would disagree with that, that you want to get somebody who's qualified to make that uh, journey. So we could say the very same thing today. You would never want to have somebody drill in your teeth or operate on your brain or fly you from here to Cuba unless they were trained and unless they had experience in that important endeavor, right? We give licenses and stuff today. So that was Socrates' uh, view. In order to ensure the safety of everyone involved on a boat, on a plane, in a nation... You don't hand it over to people who aren't prepared. 
and you don't hand it over to them who aren't prepared to even vote. That was his complaint against democracy. And, and so he had kind of an insight there. There's something to be said for that. I don't know what is to be said for that, but there's something to be said for that. So Socrates extends this logic, and the important thing is it's not just the people who ran for office, but it's for people who actually had the right to vote. They should prove themselves having experience, having ability, having insight to cast a vote that it has some reason and sensibility behind it, and not just have a populist vote where everyone just says, I think this, and, and go that way. So to him, giving the right to vote to an individual who was ill-prepared and uneducated on the facts is as irresponsible as hiring a captain of a ship who's never been on a ship before, doesn't understand anything about them. Okay. In some respect, Plato's uh, explanation of this through Socrates is echoed in his book called The Republic. And I would highly recommend you read it. It's not a hard read when it's translated into English. And he really comes up with some unique stuff on the way to govern uh, nations. But to our purposes, this thing that we call church, when it comes to governing religion in the spirit of democracy, um, that is called kind of universally the congregational approach to governance. And I call it demo crazy. And see, I have a dear friend who lives back east, and she uh, has taken the position of a pastor about seven, maybe even 10 years ago. She loves God. She loves Christ. She's a student of the word. And she was hired to be a pastor over a church that has for hundreds of years governed itself through demo crazy or through the congregational method of doing things. And a system where everyone in the congregation automatically has an equal say or vote on everything. And she recently told me that she bemoaned the fact of the congregational ecclesiology or management of the church, saying that they almost had their most recent split over the type of curtains that should be picked. <laughs> this is why I call it demo crazy. That it opens up bodies of believers to division. You know, it just automatically causes division. And while I certainly agree that all are equal in Christ, and there's no difference between any believer, male or female, bond or free, in any way, to govern by congregational opinion and vote is really an excuse or really a step toward mediocrity, elevator music, to introduce politics to the body of believers and to provide the, the believers every reason on earth to engage in a split. It makes absolutely no sense when it comes to unification. So, to my point... We have talked about totalitarianism in the church. Not good. We have now talked about de democracy in the church. Not good. We've talked about church aristocracy, where a family sort of reigns over that church. Absolutely not good. We've talked about church republics. Not good. And we've talked about church monarchy. Again, not good. None of those 
forms of government are good within the church. So what's left? Because all those symptom, uh, systems have been tried and have proved a fail, why don't we try what God established? And it is here where I will wrap up our short series talking about anarchy and, and classical uh, Christian liberalism and totalitarianism and now demo crazy. And what needs to exist in the faith are principles of classic liberalism. That's where we started out, folks. For every soul, and as a means to get there, there is the implementation of the two-pronged approach to getting back to classical liberalism. And that two-pronged approach is found in Christian anarchy. And what that is, is first, call out any claims of authority and make those people who claim they have authority from God to speak for him over other people's lives on what they believe or what they do or how they dress, call that out and say, you don't have the authority to do that. And then make them who claim authority prove it. If they can't, it leads us to the second step, and that is to dismantle what they are doing and to replace it with something better. And that better is the principles of Christian uh, liberalism, classic Christian liberalism. The basis for this approach is understood by a reasonable, contextual, eschatologically based understanding of the truth of God in the Bible. That he has done what he did, set it up, his son had the victory, things are wrapped up, we don't need brick and mortar. We don't need authority. We need the Holy Spirit. We can study together. We're free. Everybody can subjectively believe and choose what they want to believe and choose. And we move from there. It's the singular division, in my estimation, to the divisions in the faith today. It is the solution of the decline of Christianity in the United States. And it's the solution to the abuses that pastors and Christian reverends and bishops have heaped upon people who just want to know God. That wraps my insights up on ecclesiology in the faith today. We are going to uh, embark on some new things next week. And let me just quickly go and look at your comments from the past week. And listen, I'm not going to be reading comments from our Christian Anarchy show, Cat because I'm going to do that on cat with our with my co-hosts. We're going to read those comments together uh, when they ap uh, apply to cat itself and talk about them. So let me skip through those. We have a lot too. On the show, Rochambeau, Cynthia said, speaking to a Mormon on YT, and she is, what is that? Oh, YouTube. And she's totally blind as to the true documents of Mormonism. She dismisses all except her beliefs. I directed her to your channel on utlm.com, but she will not. I doubt she'll visit. God bless. Cynthia R., that's the way we all are, isn't it? When we have something that it confronts us in something that we are really steeped in and believe, we often dismiss it automatically without looking at it. It's the contrary evidence where you learn whether you really believe something or not. It's not in the affirmations of your own beliefs. So you have to check and look at what the atheists say, what the what the Calvinists say, what everyone is saying, so you understand why you believe what you believe. So, But the Mormons are a classic case of that. They just put on the blinders, uh, ostrich, put their head in the sand, and say, I believe, I believe. Uh, 
Uh, Joan Lantis on Understanding the Heart of Mormonism, Part 3, three said, Because people have a natural fear of death, they assume it is always in the situation cruel. God saved those babies through death to himself instead of hell, and they would have suffered had they suffered out their own mortal, mortal lives. Um, and I like that idea that we have a different perspective, that when an infant dies, perhaps God is being merciful. Perhaps God is doing something we don't understand in the grand panoply of the human existence. And I'd like to try to give him that benefit of the doubt, though as hard as it can be to see death in family and loved ones, it's a good way to try to get in your mind you're going to handle death before it comes. She also says, relative to that show, there is none good but God, true, and is Joseph Smith the Antichrist? Uh, that one I don't know. Cat uh, going on, a uh, number of things. And then King of Pain, nice shades, brother, is what our sarcastic Sarah Leanne Young had to say. That's why I'm not wearing them now. I look like a cult leader. So I saw that and I realized I can't wear those on the show, even though I could use them because these brights are these brights are killing me. These lights are killing me. Relative to Rochambeau, Kepler maker said, I thought Rochambeau is where you take turns kicking someone in the nuts as hard as you can. The first person to fall over loses. That's called hillbilly Rochambeau. <laughs> okay, who is Jesus? Part four, Buzzy Bow Creations says, I have to answer that question. This promise was for me too when I came to Christ alone. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and your house will be saved. All right. Uh, in King of Pain show, Patrick says, Creator promised peace. I trust that. The Creator promised peace. I trust that too, Patrick. And then he also said, I have no shame or guilt in our Creator. Great Spirit of all has blessed with the cross. I trust that. Okay. Totalitarian Church comment, we have Richard Anzolovar say, I came here for Mormon info and stayed because I want to go to heaven. That's awesome, man. I hope we can help you get there. Uh, under Rochambeau, Common Sense Christianity said, great lesson, but dang, Sean, you really threw us off with words that you make up. <laughs> I'm throwing myself off with these words I make up, dude. I'm telling you, it's getting bad. I don't know what it's from. I was talking to my daughter the other day about it. Uh, on Totalitarian Church, Rafael Ruiz says, I socked my neighbor in the head because his cousin Chad stole my prized rooster, Checo, who I used to fight back in 2006. Sorry, my friend. I just needed to vent a little bit. I should really read these before we, we do this. But that is a classic statement. I socked my neighbor in the head because his cousin Chad stole my prized rooster, Checo. You can't get better than that. That is like, that is like Pulitzer Prize literature. Aunt Sushiful. Captrowdy is presenting what desperate media in all of its form of mind control. Pray for discernment, eh? Aunt Sushi Full says, you don't understand the war we've been in. Talking to me. The leaps Trump team has made in deconstructing the global totalitarian government that was in the last eight years to fulfillment. 
HRC and Harris, no idea, both spoke of internment camps for conservative Christians. Harris said they'll be hell-bent on punishing all who have been in their ways the past four years. So someone says America will be gone as we know it. It's seriously true. They didn't like, I guess uh, Aunt Sushi Fold didn't like when I said, America's still here as far as I can see if Biden's in the office. Um, there's some heat coming down from me. They've, they've misread me. You don't know who I voted for. I know who I voted for. You're assuming I voted for someone different because of the way I say things. I just don't believe that certain things are necessary to be talked about when we're talking about the faith. That's all. Um, let's go on. Three days ago to Don Preston on preterism. Ray J. KGV said, wicked false prophet. The Bible does say the last days would last 1,000 of years. Oh, brother, you are so mistaken. And you're calling someone a wicked false prophet for voicing their opinion, by the way. That's the problem with, uh, with this literalism and stuff. I wish you would kind of re rethink what you're saying about Don Preston and his views. And it doesn't say thousands of years. It does not say that. And you just interpret it that way because that's what you've been taught. Alison Farrell on should Christians watch secular movies says a good rule of thumb. Don't watch anything that is about anything that God's word condemns. And you will not feel right about watching if you could see the Lord physically in the room with you. I don't think we'd ever watch a movie. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you really take that rule of thumb, Allison, I don't know. I, I view movies as expressions of art to depict somebody's perspective and point of view. And uh, I don't see them as literally being evil in and of themselves, even if they contain things that are questionable. I think I see them as a form of expression. And uh, But you may see differently and, and, and on with that. On totalitarianism uh, church, Adnan, he said, I made the mistake of reading the comments before watching the show. And after watching the show, it's clear that there are a, is a huge disconnect between what you preach and what people choose to hear. I see this all the time. We really do have to work at not hearing what we want to hear. We hear what we want to hear in the voice, in uh, the messages of people. And, and it was proven by what he says. And he goes on and he writes quite a bit. I'm not going to read it due to time because we're almost out of it. But um, uh, I want to say this is in reference to Rex Albright saying, Sean sounds self-centered and not really caring about the fate of the nation. Uh, I care about God's handling of the nation. I care about what he wants in this nation to happen. I don't care what that is, because if he chooses it, that's what I want. So I'm not self-centered about not caring. I just really want to live by faith and trust in what he does for the nation. Cheryl Miller said, I just unsubscribed from your show for the following reasons. Number one, abortion is wrong in the eyes of our Father in heaven. I've never said differently. Number two, anyone running for president that does not want to help reverse Roe versus Wade should not be voted for. Number two, 
In this country, a president is not determined by the media. In this election, the results are not settled and a president has not been declared. Voter fraud remains a serious issue. I haven't said otherwise. I just voice my views about Christians and the faith and, 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 and politics. And then voter fraud remains a serious issue. Third, church militant has reported that millions of Catholics and other Christians were told not to vote for Trump in this election. And la I don't know why that has to do with you and subscribing for me. And last, I don't claim to know everything, but if I were you, I would do a good sit down and really talk to people who have fled communist countries. They will tell you what you do not want to hear and that every American should know. Uh, I understand, I think, pretty well what people in communist countries have undergone. I have never espoused the tenets of communism. Uh, uh, over capitalism. I just don't think either system is, is perfect. And I know communism is far worse. In fact, I said that on the show. And uh, I'm not a communist. You know, I, I, I'm not a communist. I believe in work and I believe individuality, individuality. And I believe for people to uh, strive on their own. I believe in the elements of capitalism. So I'm sorry you unsubscribed. I told her I think she greatly misunderstood what I said. And I said, rewatch what I said at the beginning of that show of totalitarian church and rethink about it. And I think she did. Uh, by the way, um, dystopian, old religion dystopia, he publicly apologized for calling me names on here, which I think is a really big move for a person to do online. And I readily accept that apology. And I apologize back to him for the th things I say that upset him. And on we go. That's what it's about. We will do things. So, um, Raphael says, I like papaya. I think Raphael's the guy who Checo, the rooster, got. Uh, Patrick, on totalitarian church, he stepped in and said, I don't like telling people if they're a Christian, then you have to vote for so-and-so because God's kingdom is not of this world. I would say, use your free will choice to vote who you think is best with the morals and with your morals and my job is to love period. I, I, I like that advice from Patrick. I'll, however, we like to be transparent and open here. Patrick wore an F Trump shirt here. So where he says he doesn't like to tell people how to vote. <laughs> I'm not so sure that's true, Brother Patricio. Uh, and uh, let's see. A person relative to totalitarian church says, Hey, Sean, I know, and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but if someone tries to say the Trinity is scriptural, I recommend these sources, which I leave below. Sola Scriptura basically means that we believe in the scriptures alone. And James 1.5 tells us if we lack wisdom, let him ask God, and he will give us that uh, wisdom. And he has a whole bunch, if you're interested, there on how to discern what scripture says about the Trinitae. So you can go to those comments and you can read it. Human authority is a hallucination, says Clark Davis, relative to Chomsky. And by the way, someone else has asked me, do I really love Chomsky? I only like Chomsky relative to what he says about the function of anarchy is relative to church. And I totally do not like Chomsky relative to his view of um, true democracy, nor do I like Chomsky relative to his view of there's no God. Uh, that bugs me a lot. 
Um, and I think we're going to start, stop there and, uh, join us next week as we enter into a new section of topics on the heart of the matter long show, write your comments below and we'll read them on air and tune in to cat, which is being released typically on Fridays. As I sit with my two young, uh, Hegelians, as I sit with my two young friends who bring forth all sorts of stuff. And we're going to introduce a new element to Cat this uh, coming week. So check that out. We'll see you here on Heart of the Matter.